CIOCS, SOUP5, ITES SW2, 2GIT. These contracts are just a few of the many federal contracts Connection Public Sector Solutions supports. Connection's IT hardware, software, and services for federal agencies are budget-friendly and delivered with exceptional customer service, easing procurement challenges, and day-to-day frustrations. Connection Public Sector Solutions, guiding the connection between people and technology. Learn more at connection.com slash fedcontracts. Bet MGM is pitching baseball fans a chance to swing for the fences. Register using code CHAMPION200 and win $200 in free bets when you place a $10 money line wager on any Major League Baseball game and either team hits a home run, regardless of your bet's outcome. Enjoy baseball like never before with Bet MGM's daily promotions at your fingertips all season long. Download the app or go to betmgm.com and use code CHAMPION200 to win $200 when you bet $10 on an MLB game and either team hits a home run. Sign up today and find out why nothing beats a win at the King of Sportsbooks. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-532-3500 welcome i'm mike nye and i'm taryn merlo from the hail and well met podcasts and i'm alex Talander from the ostium network and welcome to our t-cast While there is tea, there is hope. Welcome to another episode of While There Is Tea, There Is Hope. This is episode six that I've dubbed Lord of the Teas, which you'll find out why as we get further into the episode. (laughs) With me, I have wonderful Taryn Merlot, a fellow Tia, with me. So hi. Tia. Good. Uh, good morning. Good morning. It's still morning over here. So uh, I'm good having my morning cup of tea. With you. <laughs> but evening or morning, always a good, perfect time to have tea. It is. It is. It doesn't matter. It's it's mm-hmm. the drink for every hour, mm-hmm. which means you have a cup every hour on the hour. Twenty four of them. Yeah. Exactly. Although we, I'm, I'm sure we talked about in previous episodes that uh, too much tea is potentially bad for you. So. We don't recommend excess consumption of anything. Yeah, little medical disclaimer there. Unless you've got a dialysis machine handy or something. But yeah, have you work on the kidneys. (laughs) (laughs) Or if you live in ancient Roman times and you you purge after every meal. That's not good for you either. (laughs) (laughs) An entire podcast dedicated to Roman purging. I know. And if you just look for purge, you might find something else entirely too. So, yeah. (laughs) Thank you. To clear your search anyway, history. Sounds like you're in fine spirits, Taryn. Very much so. Very much so. <laughs> how about yourself? So let's start. Uh, I'm good. Thank you. And let's start with how we always start. What are you drinking Well, this morning? Right now, and uh, for those of you not on the Zoom chat between Alex and myself, which is everyone else listening, um, I have a cup of unmilked Down Under Daintree, which is a loose leaf from Seven Seas Tea. Mm. It's down so down under what did you say it was down down under, under Daintree. Now Daintree is a, a rainforest in mm-hmm. 
Queensland, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. So northern northeast state of Australia. Um, and I'll, I'll read the little back of the back of the packet here. Yeah. It's, um, mm-hmm. it's got a cool little little piece. So born on the shores of the Indian Ocean and blessed by the bounty of our region, we have sailed the seven seas to bring you the freshest and tastiest loose leaf teas from around the globe. So that's the little seven seas spiel. Down Under Daintree is a pure, unblended, 100% Australian grown tea cultivated in the heart of the tropical Daintree wilderness in North Queensland. There, there we go. I got it right. Uh, without the use of pesticides. Enjoy this well-rounded, mm. medium-strength black tea, low in caffeine and high in antioxidants. And I would have to agree with it. It is a very well-rounded black tea. I have added a tiny, tiny touch of coconut sugar. I was going to add some honey, but mm. couldn't find it. Coconut sugar, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that. It's a mi- fairly mild sugar. Uh, doesn't have a lot of things mm-hmm. to it, so quite a nice little mm-hmm. little kick. Do you get any of the coconut flavor with it though, or no? No, not really. Um, it's it's just added the sweetness to it, which um, yeah, just it doesn't sort of. And how do they make coconut sugar? Do they put like white sugar in a coconut and leave it for six months and then? No, apparently, apparently it's part of the part of the process of uh, when you when you desecrate coconut or desiccate it either mm. way. Yeah. What a save applies to graves, right? Exactly. <laughs> Although getting sugar out of graves, yeah, it's tricky. Mm. <laughs> it's a stretch. Yeah, part of that process apparently is uh, extraction of sugar. Interesting. More on this coconut podcast later. <laughs> so yeah, so very much a local tea you have. It is there. well lo- local for Australia, but yeah, the other side of the country. So what's that? Yeah, three three and a half thousand, four thousand kilometers away. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, quick quick jaunt. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you 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 go there often, right? Well, we are planning on heading over in October, mm-hmm. COVID dependent. Um, although at the moment it's knock, not knock. looking great. Um, knock on wood. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The last mm-hmm. time I, I was there was my honeymoon with my wife. So. That's mm. a number of years ago. I won't say how many, but <laughs> a number. <laughs> so, yes, that's me for today. I've got uh, still most of a cup, so I'll be slowly sipping that throughout the talk. It's hitting the spot. It very much is. Um, what about yourself? So I am drinking, it is, the brand, blend, uh, brand is Stash Tea, and it's called Christmas Morning. Even has it on in French on there too, Matin de Noël. Um, I had this from, it was actually from my sister-in-law that she got for my wife and I at Christmas, sent it to us because obviously last Christmas is heavy COVID and no one was seeing anyone, but she sent it to us. And my immediate thought was, oh, it's, it's going to be all Christmassy. So it's probably really sweet and I don't know, tasting of Christmassy things. Mm. I probably would like it. So I'd never had any. And now this, this, this evening as I was getting ready to do this, and I was thinking, oh, I need to find a tea to be drinking at the same time, <laughs> something new and different. And I saw that, so oh, I'll give it a shot. And it's actually not Christmassy at all. It is, so it's a black blended tea with a hint of jasmine green tea in it. Mm. And so I did that, made it decently strong with a bit of sugar, um, like I do most of my teas, and... Yeah, it's really nice, actually. Not, I wouldn't think Christmas at all, and I don't need to associate that with it at all ever again. It's just a nice black tea with a little kind of like, you know, twist at the end. It's almost like you think it's not citrusy, but there's some extra little flavor that makes it a little more interesting and enjoyable. The, the instant you said Christmas, I, I was thinking, you know, black tea with, with mint and maybe some cinnamon. Mm-hmm. 
you know, a little bit of herbs and spices to it to to bring out this yeah. festive you know mood but that's nice yeah that's nice yeah yeah i think there's another one that's because this is christmas morning i think there's christmas eve or something too maybe that'll be more traditional but i'll i'll try that one maybe next time and see what it's like or is that one you mix with uh your boiled eggnog <laughs> yeah <laughs> mm, yum <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to kick off this episode talking about the Boston Tea Party. I know we uh, mentioned it a few times before, mainly because we didn't have a full clue of what we were talking about. We're just taking guesses, and (laughs) I think we found a quick little summary. But this time we've got a big kind of deep dive into it. So we'd read the history of it, the wiki, and then discuss a little. So I'll start off. Mm -hmm. Before you jump in, I have to admit, as yeah. as a kid growing up in Australia, um, not really knowing yeah, American Civil War and Revolution War and those sort of things, this was always a really weird thing, you know, to, mm-hmm. to talk to 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 hear, um, and not having access to you know the internet as a child, um, hinting at age there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, I remember those too. Yeah. Before the squiggles and beeps, <laughs> before before the death of each computer, you know, whenever you signed off, and when you could only, if you were using the internet, no one could call you because exactly. it was all the same phone line. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, the whole the whole thing of oh, the Boston Tea Party. You sort of thought mm-hmm. this. Obviously, as a kid, it had these connotations of sitting around a table having a having a nice cup of tea together, and you know, maybe some scones and jam and cream and that sort of <laughs> thing. But but never part of yeah, obviously the implications of what it is and what we know now as as adults. Um, but yeah, in Australia, it was never this discussed thing. Adults knew, you know, vaguely mm-hmm. what the Boston Tea Party was about, but that was about it. Um, Though just the name makes it seem pretty innocent. I mean, there's yeah. other events, like I'm just thinking of like the Boston Massacre. There's just various events that have like something more fraught tied to it in the name, mm. whereas this sounds pretty innocent. And unless you know it, it would sound like something kind of nice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> let's let's all have a Boston tea party this evening. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Sounds wonderful. Lovely. <laughs> um, I was also thinking um, with me, my associations. I mean, um, not you know, growing up and going to school in America, it was something I had to learn about later. Um, but also being here during the Bush years and then into the Obama years, there was a thing that grew up called came out with this insane, basically right-wing conservative group that was known as the tea party okay and they were just horrible people oh and i think they're still around to some degree but so that's my automatic associated with it too so i already have this negative <laughs> with it but i was also thinking are there any other we haven't really, we should probably research this but are there any other like you know catastrophic tea events or or oh negative tea events you know in history might be something for an episode maybe yeah yeah, it might be uh, have to do some research into that. Um, assuming there is, yeah. If there's nothing, then there won't be an episode. Proof. But if there is something, then we could, we could, you know, scour the dregs of the internet and see what we could find. As opposed to the dregs of your maybe tea it was cup. called like the Boston Party Catastrophe Tea or something Ooh, like that. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Catastrophe Tea. It doesn't roll off the tongue. Really roll off the tongue. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why they tried it and didn't work. Anyway, let's get started. So, the Boston Tea Party was an American political and mercantile protest by the Sons of Liberty 
in Boston, Massachusetts on December 16, 1773. The target was the Tea Act of May 10, 1773, which allowed the British East India Company to sell tea from China in American colonies without paying taxes, apart from those imposed by the Townsend Acts. The Sons of Liberty strongly opposed the taxes in the Townsend Act as a violation of their rights. Protesters, some disguised as American Indians, destroyed an entire shipment of tea by the East India Company. The demonstrators boarded the ships and threw the chests of tea into the Boston Harbor. The British government responded harshly, and the episode escalated into the American Revolution. The Tea Party became an iconic event of American history, and since then, other political protests, such as the Tea Party movement, see earlier in this episode, have referred to themselves as historical successes to the Boston protest of 1773. Oh, so there's an actual link then with the Tea Party. That makes sense, Mm. which I didn't know about. You may continue, Taryn, with the rest of it. Fantastic. The Tea Party was the culmination of a resistance movement throughout British America against the Tea Act, which had been passed by British Parliament in 1773. Colonists objected to the Tea Act because they believed that it violated their rights as Englishmen to no taxation without representation. That is to be taxed by their, sorry, only by their elected representatives and not by a British parliament in which they were not represented. In addition, the well-connected East India Company had been granted competitive advantages over colonial tea importers who resented the move and feared additional infringement on their business. Protesters had successfully prevented the unloading of tea in three other colonies, but in Boston, embattled Royal Governor Thomas Hutchinson refused to allow the tea to be returned to Britain. The Boston Tea Party was a significant event in the growth of the American Revolution. Parliament responded in 1774 with the Intolerable Acts, or Coercive Acts, which, among other provisions, ended local self-government in Massachusetts and closed Boston's commerce. That's a great response. Colonists up and down the... (laughs) How to to de-escalate. Oh, you know what? Let's do more. Up the ante, if you will. (laughs) Oh, I like it. (laughs) colonists up and down the 13 colonies in in turn responded to the intolerable acts with additional acts of protest and by convening the first continental congress which petitioned the british monarch for repeal of the acts and coordinated other colonial colonial resistance to them the crisis escalated and the american revolutionary war began near boston in 1775 very interesting so basically tea led to the founding of america of the United States. Without tea, there would have been no America. It would have been, well, no no United States of America. The British mm, States yes. of America. <laughs> the, mm-hmm. the East India States of America. Because it was the, the lighting of the fuse attached to the powder keg, not well, with, with gunpowder, <laughs> not tea, maybe gunpowder tea, and it started the whole thing going. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yes. Interesting. And of course... England responded in a nice, calm, and reassuring way by blowing everything out of proportion and <laughs> turning it up to 11. <laughs> Just taking it to an extreme. I, I, it perplexes me then, or perplexes me that governments then truly didn't appreciate how, how, how escalating like that was going to cause the opposite effect. Um, and I guess a part of that, I, you know, hmm. you, you see a huge jump or dif- differentiation in the ability to judge cause and effect compared to today, where we have access to 
you know, almost instantaneous me- yeah, um, right. messaging and, and communication. Yeah, ex- yeah. exactly. Um, whereas then, you know, the only, the, the reaction to the, the tax implications and the changes that were there is days, weeks, months of, of time, which unfortunately means, you know, while that messaging was going back to the UK, yeah, everyone in America was feeling uh, right. yeah, worse. And then the message came back from the UK. Well, hey, we're going to escalate, which <laughs> yeah. the response to that took a period of time. Back and forth. You're talking at least a, a month of travel yeah. one way. It's like, you know, communicating with someone on another planet where there's time delay. And <laughs> it just it just causes, you know, it, it allowed things to escalate. Um, not saying that the UK and the British government in any way tried to stop that or, or, or downplay or do any of the positive things that you would expect someone to do. But even if they had of, um, chances are it may not have worked anyway, um, given those time delays. But yes. I always wonder if it's oh, just reading this, it feels almost too like it's the, the, the British arrogance, which they've had since becoming a world power of just assuming everyone will automatically bow down yeah. or always follow the rules. And you just have to slap them on the wrist and they will automatically fall in line. And when they don't, then you don't really know how to handle it. Yep. So, um, well, in, in prep for today, I was sort of looking around for, I guess, complimentary bits of information into, into the tea party mm-hmm. and, um, and came across the, the history channel or yeah, history.com has a mm-hmm. you know, 10 things that you might not have known about the tea party. Oh, cool. Um, Fantastic. So I thought I'd go through those and sort of summarize them a little bit because there's some long-winded parts in there. Uh, Fantastic, maybe. <laughs> but um, apparently, so, so going just from one to 10, the tea partiers mm-hmm. weren't protesting a tax hike, but the a corporate tax break. So the whole problem, as far as this article is concerned, is um it reduced the total tax on tea sold in america by east india company allowing colonists to purchase tea at half the price paid by british consumers so it it sort of said hey east india company come here you've got these huge tax breaks to come and bring tea here um and it's the, the tea act left this um three pence per pound duty which was was this tax put in place again by British Parliament? You know, enforced by the Parliament, external to America, external to these colonists. So mm-hmm. again, right. the, the whole mm-hmm. we're self-governing here. Um, we don't want higher taxes. We don't want um, political involvement here from a third party who doesn't even live in this country, who doesn't live physically here. Um, go away and stop doing that. So that as as the catalyst there. Um, more than, you know, hey, it's a tax increase. Well, no, it's a tax break for the East India Company. Uh, yeah, you're, you're, you're helping out that business that's ultimately making you guys heaps of money. I mean, boiling that down to just that a corporate tax break, it just like slams home in our <laughs> yeah. current period, you know, time with Amazon and whatever, you know, Tesla, any big corporation. Exactly. It's like they talk about how much they don't pay in taxes compared to the average person. Yeah. Yep. All right, which number two. Which adding to that, and this one comes into it, which is, is where number two mm-hmm. is, 
um, that it was more commercial interest, perhaps more than political, that motivated a lot of the protesters. Mm. And feeding into that, the Tea Act was effectively a government bailout for the East India Company, which was, it was, at, you know, using, using modern times, it was too big to fail. Yeah, if it died, it would bring down everything. Fail out. Too big to fail. I feel the you sound familiar to me for some reason, living in our current era. Exactly. <laughs> it, the, the whole thing gave East India a virtual monopoly on tea, bypassing merchants and middlemen and, and undercut uh the price of smuggled Dutch tea. So it allowed the official government the official mm. company that was doing it, well, official inverted commas, to undercut smugglers. Yeah, bringing it in on the cheap. Hey, we'll, we'll bring your tea in, yeah, cheaper because we'll, we'll just smuggle it in and away we go. Right. Um, but I can't remember if we, I don't know if we covered that in an episode yet. I don't think we did, but I do remember reading it in the book and in a future episode, we will talk about it where they were. Yeah, I remember them smuggling it in. Yeah. It's, they snuck it into these warehouses and then it was all divvied up and sent around the towns yeah. and stuff. And yeah. 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 Which, um, yeah, it was quite, quite interesting there. So yeah, again, as you said, all, all rang true to current political climate. Um, Everything changes, but it all stays the same. <laughs> it all comes down to money. <laughs> <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> I am shocked. Bet MGM is pitching baseball fans a chance to swing for the fences. Register using code CHAMPION200 and win $200 in free bets when you place a $10 money line wager on any Major League Baseball game and either team hits a home run, regardless of your bet's outcome. Enjoy baseball like never before with BetMGM's daily promotions at your fingertips all season long. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use code CHAMPION200 to win $200 when you bet $10 on an MLB game and either team hits a home run. Sign up today and find out why nothing beats a win at the King of Sportsbooks. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-532-3500. So um, number three, George Washington condemned the Boston Tea Party. Um, although he's one of America's foremost revolutionary figures, he wrote in June 74 that the cause of Boston will ever be considered as the cause of America and strongly voiced his disapproval of their conduct in destroying the tea. So I, I very much like Washington in this sense that, uh, not that I didn't like him in any other way previously, but, uh, that, that quote of their conduct in destroying the tea was, was unbecoming, you know, so he, he appreciated the act, but he he regretted the sacrifice. Correct. Yes. Yes. So Washington, like many other elites, held that private property was to be sacrosanct and that uh, those that destroyed the tea should should compensate the East India Company for the damages, interestingly. Mm. Uh, uh, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number four, it was the British reaction to the Boston Tea Party, not the event itself, that rallied America, which we've talked about before. So. Yep. It wasn't mm -hmm. the Tea Act that, that the UK went. So maybe the Tea Act was laying the fuse, and then what Britain did was lighting the fuse. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They didn't put the Tea Act down, and, and America went, well, we're stopped. <laughs> you know, we're going to war. And Britain went, okay. It was, no, here's the Tea Act. Well, we don't like the Tea Act. Okay. Well, because you don't like that, we're going to do these uh, intolerable acts as well. Uh, let's see how you like that. And, and then it, 
went, and then went onwards. Pushed them over. <laughs> yeah. uh, for decades, the identities of the participants of the Boston Tea Party were shrouded in mm. secrecy. Um, so even today, only the names of some of the participants are known, not not sort of the, the deeper sort of understanding of who they Stories are. Behind them. Yeah. Mm. Uh, number six, the event wasn't dubbed the Boston Tea Party until almost 50 years later in 1826. It was where one of the earliest newspapers referred to the Boston Tea Party. Um, hmm. In the third, well, they don't say what they called it before that. Did they call it anything? <laughs> uh, it was it was blandly referred to. I mean, yeah. <laughs> if you're going to do something like this, you have to you have to have a snappy name. You just, <laughs> yep. So I guess they didn't know it was going to have such, you know, knock-on yeah, effects, true, true. <laughs> you know, seismic waves. So they refer to it as the destruction of the tea. Ripples in the teapot cup. <laughs> it's just the destruction of the tea. I'm like, really? Come on, guys. Mm. Come on. Maybe it loses something in, funny, in modern the, translation. Uh, is it? I can't remember if it's Boston. That's what the underground is called, I think, the tea. Or is it New York? I can't remember. One of them is called the T. Ah, there we go. <laughs> As in the letter T. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Maybe um, it is Boston, and it's a little inside joke. <laughs> if any, if any, any Bostonians are listening, you should let us know. Mm. Um, number seven. There was actually a second Boston Tea Party, which was mm. three months after. Um, they once again sent tea splashing when sixty disguised men boarded the Fortune. In 1774, forced the crew below deck and dumped tea chests into the harbour. Wasn't quite as impressive as the original, as only 30 chests were sent overboard. Um, which I'm not exactly sure. And someone yelling, try something new. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, if we had social media in those days, it would just be like, oh, God, yeah. yeah. Gee, <laughs> this is old. Three months ago. Come on. <laughs> But that wasn't the last one, apparently. So subsequent tea parties were also held in other colonies. So uh, Tea Act protests in 74 uh, spread to New York, uh, Annapolis, Charleston, South Carolina, um, and patriots dumping teas or, or burning the tea in protest. Uh, so it wasn't, wasn't isolated. It was then held up as a, a thing to do to protest. Um, the financial loss, which is one that I've always found really interesting to see sort of what... <laughs> What it actually meant. Was it terrible? <laughs> that fun <pun> was. <laughs> um, it's estimated that protesters tore, tossed more than 92,000 pounds of tea into Boston Harbour. So the equivalent of... So not weight, monetary value. Uh, well, no, that was that was weight, apparently. Oh, well, yeah. That was the weight. Yep. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so that's uh, the equivalent of 18 and a half million tea bags. Oh, so present-day value of the destroyed tea is estimated to be around a million dollars, which I, it doesn't sound like a huge amount in, in current day, but remembering right. that it was it was a million dollars of heavily discounted government-subsidied, get-out-of-jail-free kind of, you know, we're going to help you stay afloat mm -hmm. money to the East India Company. So you know, it's the equivalent of saying... Now, what was one of the organizations during the GFC that needed a bailout? Yep, yeah, kind of pick from the list kind of thing. Hey, we're going to give you a million bucks, yeah, to help you through this, uh, you know, through this time, uh, and then having their product destroyed to that that value, uh, it's it's pretty it's a pretty big hit. And plus, it's not necessarily something you can just 
go to the shops and restock on. Mm. <laughs> it has to come from the other side of the world. Yeah, well, it takes time. <laughs> but yeah, but both sides of the world kind of a few times around, right? Because most of the teams have mm. grown, yeah, grown there. Sure. So yeah, India, <laughs> India to the UK, then across to America. So yeah, yeah. Um, and the last one, one tea partier apparently appeared to rise from the dead. So after being knocked unconscious by a falling crate of tea in the hold of the ship, John Crane was reportedly thought to be dead and hidden by his compatriots under a pile of wood shavings in a nearby carpenter shop. He awoke hours later, however, and was the only man harmed in the entire Boston Tea Party event. Hmm. Yeah. I wonder if this, I'm just thinking of talking about all this, if this is why, for the most part, Americans don't like tea, because <laughs> it's become part of the, you know, historical fabric and psyche of, you know, American history, and it's woven into everything, you know, through the generations of what happened and because of tea and the British, you know, <laughs> on some level, it's just a genetic almost, you know, aversion to it or something. <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me. That wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> Oh, I actually had another site that, um, you know, with the commercials of it, um, that put the value of the tea at about 1.7 million. Um, mm. So obviously fairly flexible there, but in, in money, in cost at the time, it was just under 10,000 um, pounds, you know, to the East India Company. Um, so again, doesn't sound like a lot these days, but uh, I'm sure it was pretty pretty detrimental to them. <laughs> cool. Any last thoughts on no, the tea? What was it called originally again? The tea? The, the, the destruction of the tea. <laughs> the destruction of the tea. Um, there is a, yeah, I, I guess two thoughts. Firstly, one was um, uh, there is a, a website for the Boston Tea Party ship, which... Um, mm is is quite quite fun uh a revolutionary experience it's a it's a museum um but they have okay. quite a few if you're after uh some memorabilia they have quite a few cool things on their website <laughs> <laughs> i'll have to link it in the show notes too <laughs> yes so they've got a few um a few interesting and pretty cool things on there some memorabilia some uh yeah some bits and pieces but they do have a few tea and tea related items so you can get a, a Robinson half chest of rec replica box with or without the five teas of the Boston Tea Party. So the teas that were being imported. Does it have dimensions? How big is it? I'm not sure. The picture <laughs> is potentially very, very misleading, depending on... Uh, <laughs> uh, no, it doesn't have doesn't have dimensions, dimensions so it, but it, I would it say... It could be the size of a giant sea chest or it could be the size <laughs> of a, you know... Small box. I, I'm probably putting <laughs> it at about, uh, yeah, maybe a 10 centimeter cube. So, yeah, okay. Three or four inch cube. Yeah. Not to scale. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, but they do have a, a range of different teas um, in different uh, in different canisters and, and the like. Um, they've got some pretty cool looking tea sets, some teapots and the like as well, which is pretty, uh, pretty interesting. Um, and they have a little black book. And, and this is something that I'm thinking I might, I might have to pick up. The Little Black Book of Tea, The Essential Guide to All Things Tea. Oh, sounds good. So, cool. yeah, I'm going to gonna do some reading into it um, and, and sort of see 
see what's there. It's a 160-page pocket-sized book, offers a brisk and full-bodied look at tea varieties, grades, teas of the world, and brewing basics. This tribute to tea includes recipes for hot and cold and accompaniments. Steep yourself in the essential guide to all things tea, the new coffee. Now, is it linked at all with the Boston Tea Party and the historical period or anything, or is it just... no, I don't think so. Book. It's it looks like it's, it's a recently a book, written but... book. Yeah, yeah. It's not but from seventeen seventy nine. No, no. So actually, now that would be something to 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 look mm-hmm. at getting a hold of. So yeah, but uh, no, that's what I was also out. wondering too. With the with teas being tossed into the harbor, was it just one one kind of tea, or was it a bunch of different ones? So apparently. Uh, according to this, there were five different teas, but I don't know again if that's mm. a <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> correct mm-hmm. or not? <laughs> or was that because they did it like you know five times and each time it was a different cup of tea? <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I wonder if they ever tried it, tried it with the Boston Harbor water in some way. Kind of like when when Mike was talking originally about um, the Bergamo and having it be with the the lime from the pipes and stuff like that you know oh yeah like, so that's a good point with the boston harbor water in some way it might have maybe, done something new maybe <laughs> yeah if if you were a um you know if you're quite the the astute uh businessman you could have um as as it was all being poured out you could have just bottled it and sold it as you know boston tea <laughs> i'm sure you would have made a mix. yeah sure that's tea leaves i think yeah it's a little <laughs> black thing yeah probably tea leaves <laughs> floating away yeah just uh, don't look don't look too closely what's that taste <laughs> yeah oh, it's the tea Isn't make sure you, you use a, a strainer yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm curious to see if there was a a boston tea party tea well there's lots of pretend things i guess yeah Boston Harbor Tea, Boston Tea Party Tea, Teas of the Boston Tea Party. That's this little, where is it? From Oliver Pluff and Co. in Charleston. What, here we go. What tea was thrown overboard during the tea party? Okay, so Benjamin Woods, Benjamin Woods Labories, the Boston Tea Party. So a a text by this guy who I have no idea who that is. So caveat there. Uh, mm-hmm. It says three tea ships containing 240 chests of Bohea, B-O-H-E-A, 15 chests Bohea, okay, yeah, uh, 15 of pronounced. 10 of Souchong, uh, 60 of Singlo, and 15 of Hyson. So Singlo and Hyson both being green teas. So predominantly black, but... Mm-hmm. And it says Congo is grown in southern China. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, there we go. And that's what this this particular side I'm looking at here. They have little, they're like test tubes of the tea. There's five little things. Yeah. Okay. We should interesting. I have to have to have to do some more do some more dis uh yeah, investigation there and maybe uh do some sampling. Some more tea search. Ah, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right. I think we've talked the tea party to death so let's move on um i don't really have any new teas to talk about but i know you said you had some yeah so yeah we um it. we recently went uh yeah being being covered and being unable to travel 
anywhere mm-hmm. else. Um, I'm not upset by that per se, only because it's meant um, a recent holiday that uh, I went on with my wife, my brother and his wife and uh, a, a couple of friends um, to celebrate my brother's 40th. So uh, mm-hmm. I'm younger than him, so that's all I'm going to say about age. It's, I can continue to <laughs> mock him. <laughs> um, so we made our way down down south of Western Australia again, and I went to uh, Kawaramup, which is a, a town that I've mentioned a few times mm-hmm. uh, locally. Yep. And I have a tea shop there, which again I've mentioned, which is Seven Seas Tea. Um, and Sounds amazing. I mean, it's what you're drinking today, it right? It is. It is. From Seven Seas. Yes. So, yeah. I didn't get this one today from that trip. I'd, I'd had this one already. Um, but... On a previous trip... Oh, real quick. Why don't you also potentially um, doing an interview with them at some point? Yes. A... Yeah. So that's... Yeah. Um, okay. I, I had a, a lovely chat with the owner um, and uh, sort of put to her, would you be interested <laughs> in in having a chat? You know, that we, we do this podcast. We love drinking. We love chatting about it. Uh, uh, she was initially very... Um, uh, sort of made the comment of, oh, I, I, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, and I sort of said, look, I appreciate that. It's a uh, fairly daunting sort of idea, but uh, we're fairly casual. Um, and if, if she's listening now, yeah, this is the sort of uh, show that we do. It's a fairly casual yeah. chat, not not a formal interview, you know, with structured everything. No, and, not at all. No. Really, really. No, it's, <laughs> it's done with love love of tea it is. and friendship. Very much so. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I had a lovely chat with her around that, and uh, hopefully I'll, I'll sort of be getting in touch with her shortly to uh, so hopefully a future a future tea break. Yeah, with yeah. And so yeah. But uh, on on a previous trip down to that area of of our state, I went to a chocolate shop and I got myself um, a a, a tisane, not a tea, but a, a tisane mm-hmm. of um, the husk of the cocoa beans that they use to make the chocolate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had a few cups of that and I've thought this, it was fantastic. It, it genuinely tasted like a hot chocolate. Um, I, no milk, no sugar, just, huh. yeah, just bre- brewing those for yeah three or four minutes was plenty. And it was now, brewing. is it, is, are there, is it, are there tea leaves or tea bits or how was, no, or does it actually look no like? actual tea at all, uh, in there, but it's, oh, I bet, oh sorry, I bet what's the physical thing oh. that you're soaking in the water? Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's the, the husk. <laughs> Of the cacao bean, um, mm-hmm. which which looks like a, uh, you know, quarter inch, sort of square, you know, broken up into pieces, uh, sort of flat piece. Mm-hmm. So it looks very much like a, a fairly large tea leaf, um, you know, sort of, you know, compared to your normal. And so is it like in a bag of all these different little pieces together, and you take a few yeah. of them or whatever? Uh, and, I don't, yeah. I don't know if you can see that on the, uh, that that lighting quality is terrible. No, no, <laughs> but we'll we'll we'll, we'll have I'll, post I'll put photos up <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, um, but when I was at, on our website, on, on the website, yes, yeah, yeah, I'm feeling the tension there. <laughs> I, I've been okay. lax with uh, been lax with doing that. Sorry, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. So when I was at Seven Seas Tea, I I was walking through and drooling at the range, and they had this chalk berry with a hint of mint, and I went. Mm. Oh, what is it's a chocolate tea? Interesting. Okay, so I walked up to it, and sure enough, it's it's out of husk of cocoa, yeah, the cacao bean rather. Uh, but this uh-huh. one was is blended with a forest berry and a hint of mint, um, apparently giving it quite a sweet taste. Now I haven't tasted it yet. So it's still a still a tisane then. It is a tisane. It's not a not a tea. So it's mm-hmm. the cacao it's husk. Different. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, with berry and mint. So I'm 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 actually really looking forward to trying it. 
um, I've held off. Sounds like a Christmas hot chocolate. It to does me. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, the other the other tea that I had to get refill because I'd gone through it and was craving it um, a few times <laughs> was the Always a good sign. it is uh, was their Bon Voyage. So it's a French mm-hmm. Earl Grey. Um, now again, I haven't opened this packet yet. I've, I'm still drinking a few others and going through those first. But I needed this, and uh, you know when I when I have my kick that I need, I'll uh, jump back into the bag. But uh, Bon Voyage is uh, – I'll, I'll read the little spiel on the back of the bag because it's mm-hmm. quite fun. Yeah. Wishing you Bon Voyage as you sail off into the sunset with this delightful French favourite. Our classic Earl Grey is given an exotic twist with pretty petals of blue cornflower, rose and calendula, and the zingy zest of an orange peel. Almost too pretty to drink, this fragrantly black tea has a floral and citrus note which makes it perfect to enjoy on its own or with a slice of lemon. Now, I haven't had the slice of lemon in it. I, I love it. Just straight black brewed. Um, mm-hmm. It's super tasty. I, I absolutely love it. Um, I, I can't get enough of it. It's good. Um, it's, a, it's a Sri Lankan black tea um, with, as I said, it's got bergamot, uh, mm-hmm. blue corn flower petals from Italy, orange peel from South Africa, rose petals, and <laughs> oh calendula <gosh>. from <laughs> Egypt. So a truly multicultural oh, but, but nothing tea. Nothing from Antarctica, so I don't know if I'll No, like no, it. no. Ice <laughs> crystals embedded in it. <laughs> <laughs> from the deepest glaciers you can find. <laughs> That's why global um, warming so, has been breaking the glaciers oh, yeah. for the tea. <laughs> There'll be a whole different uh, tea party issue there. <laughs> um, so for, for both the, the cacao one and the the this Oh, great one. So how long do you brew the meat for? So the cacao is a... Oh, there's no brewing instructions on the on the, on the the bag, which is interesting. Well, oh, no, have, but you've no, had it, my, so how long do you do it for? My mistake. I should <laughs> I should read the other side. Um, <laughs> one, uh, one teaspoon of tea per cup, um, mm-hmm. freshly boiled water. So that's 100, 100 degree, but cooled slightly, so about 95 yep. degrees. Um, Centigrade, by the way. Yep. Correct, yes. Not Fahrenheit, you... <laughs> You'll be disappointed with that. <laughs> you might need to let it brew overnight if uh, you're doing that in Fahrenheit. <laughs> um, so 95 degrees centigrade in for three to four minutes. Um, and as it, it says on the bag, but I, I'll endorse that of enjoy on its own. It doesn't need milk, doesn't need sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, well, at least the plain your usual Your usual brewing time, there, nothing special yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah correct. Yeah. Um, with the French Earl Grey... Um, it's it's given similar, but um, I would probably recommend. For me, I, I go with a eighty-five degree water, eighty-five degree centigrade water, um, and I would let it brew for about five minutes at that lower temperature uh, for the French Earl Grey. Um, the the bag has it sitting at freshly boiled for three to four, but um, no, I, I for me I prefer it a little bit cooler, um, only because it's got. Because it's got the the corn flour and the other the other floral taste mm-hmm. to it, I find the hotter water tends to uh, burn not burn them, but mix them together. Maybe yeah, yeah, it, 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 yeah. it detracts from some of the flavour. It loses your uh, you being able to pick out each of the notes. Yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but that, by this, you it implies that you have some sort of special kettle that brews at different temperatures oh do i (laughs) oh do i i'm just because mine you put water in it and you press the button 
and then when it boils, it clicks off, and that's when I know it's ready. <laughs> I um, I I look. I may have probably um. I, also, I love how I have these short episodes planned, and we always just talk for hours, and they never end up being short ones. So, but anyway, <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> no, I um. Originally, my my kettle was. As you said, right? It was it was just just what it is. Yeah, you know, normal kettle. Flick it on, let it let it click off, and then give it a couple of minutes, and voila, water. Um, we had a coffee machine that could dispense hot water um, at certain uh, not temperature ranges, but uh, quantities. Uh, so I was using that for a mm-hmm. little bit, um, but we we packed that away, um, and um, yeah, for various reasons. And I. F- I, I really miss being able to go, no, I need 200 mil or 300 mil of water, go. Um, as lazy as that sounds. So um, I may have invested a few months back, um, maybe a couple of episodes <laughs> into the into the T-Cast, in a, a Westinghouse instant hot water dispenser, uh, model number. Mm-hmm. No, I won't go into that, but um, I, I will put a picture up. But uh, it... Oh yeah, we get up and link it too. Yeah, yeah, it gets a lot of it got a lot of really good reviews. Um and mm-hmm. I, I got this one mainly because our local Kmart, um, which is a Walmart sort of equivalent, uh had temp- Oh we we did have Kmart here, but then they went out of business. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's it's going the opposite here for us. Kmart seems to be doing very well and, and Target seems to be uh has shut down a whole oh, bunch of stores. Target. That's good, that's there, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, they had their own branded hot water dispenser that was fairly cheap at around $70 or something like that. Um, and when I went to buy it, they'd sold out and not just at my store, but they'd sold out around the country mm. and they only brought it back in about a week ago. So I was kicking myself cause that was a lot cheaper than the Westinghouse one that I bought. But, <laughs> uh, but this is a, this in a lot of ways is a lot better. Um, so, uh, it, it can, um, you, you can set its temperature in a ranges of uh, 50, 50, 65, 75, 85, and 100. Um, so mm. that that lets me set it to 85, which is my default for most of these because I tend to, uh, uh, unlike my, my, my nana, my grandmother, um, who used to say she has a, a cast iron throat and um, yeah, <laughs> we, we, we drink a boiling hot cup of tea and, and think it's lovely. I've never, never enjoyed that. <laughs> I, I I can tolerate it pretty well, but I usually wait a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just said to not really enjoy it as much, so I just go mm. 85 degrees, uh, and it lets me put it out in, in 100, 200, and 300 mil, uh, milliliter mm-hmm. uh, quantities. So for my... Plus, I mean, you're not talking about that much of a difference, so it's not huge, but yeah. and it's, but especially if you're doing it that a little bit less, if it helps with how the tea is brewing, then it's it's an important factor. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and that quantity, that 300 mil fits perfectly in my T2 um, little brewing uh, all-in-one mm-hmm. cup Apparatus setup. thing, yeah. Yeah, so um, that works really well for me. Um, good. Which, yeah, and the other, the other really good thing that I've found being able to set it at a particular temperature and, and quantity lets me standardize when I um, when I'm looking to compare so as I've been going through in the background doing uh, some reviews that we've talked about um, of the different teas we've been drinking um, mm-hmm. it lets me know for sure that yes I've, I've done this one at 85 degrees with this amount right. of water yes. and um, as opposed to guessing 
or, or have it gives you a chance then as you say that you you've tried it at different temperatures and you've noticed a difference yeah. so it does matter yeah exactly yeah so i would if, if you are drinking a lot of tea um i'd recommend a, a dispenser like this is good mainly be, the other benefit there is you sort of it's, it's got a lock function on it so that the kids don't burn themselves, which is all, you know, <laughs> pro fan of that. Um, but you can pretty much unlock it, put the temperature and everything you want, press go, and it's giving you hot, or it's giving you the temperature of water within three, right. four seconds, um, yeah, yeah. as opposed to oh, having okay, to wait. Nice, yeah. yeah, as opposed to having to wait for the kettle to boil. And so, but it's not like one of these, I think it was a coffee maker, but it was one where you could. It was all like linked up with your phone, so you could start the coffee and set the temperature with your phone to start it brewing, and so that when you wanted it in the morning, it's ready. No, 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 no. I know we did we did talk about that one um, off offline um, oh, m- many months ago. I think I think Kickstarter had mm. had a particular one there that mm. that yeah, you could go and load it up and do all of this. But no, I think that the two or three hundred dollar cost that that one had was sort of a little bit extreme for what you'd be using mm. it for but no i i yeah i'd recommend something like this if, if you're drinking a lot of tea it's it's quick and mm. easy um there are some cheaper versions of it as well um you know sort of under a hundred i'd say especially if you want to start if you want to start you know trying lots of different kinds of tea and getting some more, more pricier teas that are you know a lot of work went into them and yeah have a lot of ingredients and stuff to be able to, to pick out all the notes and stuff it would make make it worth it to have that little less temperature yeah and where, where they say yeah, this this green tea must be 80 degrees you don't really want to mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah that that's about 80 degrees i've left it for two minutes that's about yeah, yeah. well no unfortunately <laughs> yeah you, you you buy a buy a 50 dollar you know little pot of tea only to burn it and think oh well that was a waste but yeah so I, do, I want to find a tea that says cast iron throat required <laughs> Uh, uh, so you talked about some new teas. Do you still have a tea recommendation for later too, or is that everything? Um, that's probably everything. I would recommend this down tree, okay. this down under Dane tree that I'm drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, just as as an alternative to your standard English breakfast or you know, your mm-hmm. your generic black tea that we we have, it is really it's subtle. It's very flavoursome, but mm-hmm. it's not it's not that. Leave, leave that 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 bitterness at the back of the throat when you've finished a, a sip or a cup. Um, it's very rounded, as it says on on the bag, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's a very nice drinking tea. <laughs> that would good. Yeah. Well, I'll give my recommendation then yeah. that I've got this week too. Then since you don't have one, um, so I had it a few days ago. I think it was last week. We were originally planning to do the episode. Um, and it was the one that Mike sent me, which was the T2 Monk Pear Tea. Ooh. And he had some, he sent me a little bag of it. Okay. Um, and I had no idea what to expect with a name like that. But then after doing a little bit of research, it's, it is a black tea with um, bergamot and then a flavor of pear with it. And yes, yeah, so I really don't expect, but I, again, I really enjoyed it. I, it was definitely a, a black tea that went further than your usual black tea that doesn't do anything for you, you know, um, just with the, and it makes sense for now with the bergamot in it. And it, but again, it was very mild. It wasn't like, Oh, it's like an old gray or whatever, or, you know, approaching that in any way. Um, I like, and especially when you have fruits and different things in there that are more subtle instead of being like, it's this with this and we're hitting you over the head with it, you know, yeah. whatever. Um, 
so it was really enjoyable. So that's the T2 monk pair. I tried to find out why it's called monk, but I wasn't sure. I don't know if you know anything. Terrible. No, I haven't tried it myself. So that's, um, hmm. yeah. Well, it's T2, so it's a local company. <laughs> Mike probably has some too. <laughs> he gave me some. <laughs> Are you researching it? <laughs> I, I, I've literally just typed in, yeah, monk. Yeah. And I got a lot of sites and stuff, yeah, but nothing really specific. So, if, Other than when I read the ingredients, it's like, oh, that makes sense. I've heard of monk fruit being used as an alternative sweetener, um, you know, in, mm -hmm. in, in, yeah, alternative to, yeah, to yeah, sugar yeah. and the like. Um, but, but I've not, huh. Okay, here we go. Apparently, monk fruit tea is also known as Lan Han Gao tea. Um, Southeast Asian tea. Um, mm. Oh no, hang on. That's that's that is monk fruit. Okay, Lao Han Gao is monk fruit, um, and has a lot of natural health benefits to it. Um, so a lot of mm. throat related health benefits. So um, yeah, relieving sore throat, nagging coughs, getting rid of fevers, those sort of things. Um, Right. But I mean, is this the same thing? Because this is just the monk pear, it's called. So I don't know if that's the same. Yeah. Thing. <laughs> or is it like a kind of pear? <laughs> yeah, is it? Okay. No, there we go. Apparently. Oh, okay. This is even more confusing because apparently pear and monk fruit are combined quite nicely together. Um <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to have to. I think I'm going to have to get some of this from Mike and uh, and and give it a shot. Right, and get it. Well, maybe I'll, we'll we'll put a pin in yeah. it, and then for the next episode, maybe. Yeah. I, bet, I bet Mike knows tons, and this is the one time we need him, and he's not available. Yeah, exactly. He wasn't feeling well. Yeah. Otherwise, we would have had him, and he could have been talking for hours about it. Well, <laughs> if it is if it is monk fruit, he should be drinking a cup mm -hmm. to help with his chest infection. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll have to hit him up afterwards. Yeah. Okay, so then we'll move on to uh, my other little weird segment I came up with. And I wanted us to just um, throw out, like, tea manufacturing names, big tea names to each other and see if we recognize them. I'm just, just curious to see if we have – obviously, there's going to be some we both know very well, whatever, and some I'm just curious to see if there's more smaller ones or other ones you've heard during your life that I might not know or come across. Okay. Okay. Sound good. Yeah. So I'll go with the obvious. Lipton. You've heard of Lipton? Very much so. <laughs> I think it's probably... Oh, gee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. I mean, no, no. Look, I mean, they, they make a... <laughs> they make tea. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's the, I mean, at the, at my, my local, it's always the... That's what you use for your iced tea. It's the, you know, most basic you can get. Yeah. I mean, they, they do have... They do have some fan, you know, not fancy, but you know, they have some other mm -hmm. stuff out there. But um, I've, as you've said it, I've literally jumped onto my local uh, grocery shop, yeah, the the uh -huh. to, to Coles, just to see that, yeah, yeah. And, and sort mm -hmm. of typed in Lipton just to have a have a quick look and see what they've got in their range. First things that comes up, Lipton black tea, hundred bags on special, three dollars fifty. 
Yep, exactly. Yeah, that's that's a, pretty much what I expected to mm. uh, to to see there. But uh, yeah, right. <laughs> All right, you pick one. Um, one of the other common ones is that we have is Tetley. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. That one's a good one. That one, I that's the one I use. I mean, I do actually get um, at my local too. That's um, I, don't know, I get it a large amount, but it always comes out with it's far superior in my mind to Lipton and always tastes a lot better. And I have off that's my go to like for a tea bag, a quick cup of tea that I want to be nice and strong with kick in it. I do that really quick. And well, yeah. according and it's also why in Ostium it's mentioned too because it's linked. Fair there, enough. I love the tea. <laughs> yeah. According to Coles, it's not as good quality mm-hmm. tea. Because I can get a hundred mm-hmm. bags for two dollars fifty on special. Oh, <laughs> well, maybe there's a maybe they make more of it because it's so popular. That's yeah, very but true. It's always, that's the one I usually get. What is it? I usually get I think sixty or eighty bags for. I think it's about five bucks. Yeah. Yep. yep. <laughs> Do you have any others? And my wife likes that one too. Um. Well, obviously, Twining. Yep. We're <laughs> familiar with that. Again, little little higher up. Yeah. Yes. Well, their um, their hundred bags at the moment are eleven dollars twenty. So, yes. yeah, you would expect four times the quality. Mm, right. Well, I mean, I usually for the or the Earl Grey or whatever or English breakfast, even the tea bags can be definitely pricier, and that's a unless it's on sale or, you know, a holiday thing. Especially if you want the loose leaf. Yeah. <laughs> loose leaf tin. Well, that was. Then it's like, well, that's a Christmas present. <laughs> that that's one of those things that I I know I can only get. It loosely from a standard shop like that tends to be mm-hmm. uh, in black tea at least tends to be twinings that there, there tends to not be mm-hmm. uh, Lipton or, or Tetley tend to not do a loose leaf um, yeah so it's it's one of the only options in that range um, at one of my uh, the other shop I go to that's has that sometimes they have good, good deals and stuff that cost the same and then they have a lot of just nice nice variety of stuff really good vegetables and everything but it usually costs a bit more because it's all local stuff they get it from and things like that. But they have a whole wonderful huge tea section, which I always want to get, but everything's from, you know, $10 and up for a thing. And it just, I want to get it, but I can't afford it yeah. for one day maybe because it always looks so good, all these different organic teas, that that's all fancy names. That's one of the reasons I like going down to Seven Seas and going down on the hook because it, it's a holiday mm-hmm. and I can justify to myself spending <laughs> that little bit more on a nicer tea. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, All right, give me another one. Okay. Have you heard, uh, what about Dilmar? No. Dilmar. Okay. No. So Dilmar is is a Ceylon And how's it spelled? D-I-L-M-A-H. Okay. And and the ad is, uh, um, I think it is, I'm going to get this completely It's no big wrong. Dilmar. No. <laughs> it's, it's very, it's a very well-known tea. Um, it's, it's, mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, hand-picked in Salon. Um, the, the ad um, usually has, well, I remember the ads going back years. Um, it was the, the corporate head, I'm assuming the owner of Dilma. Um, he would, um, he'd be out in the, the tea fields of, of India uh, going through and there'd be yeah, people there with their, with their bags that they'd have around them walking through the tea bushes, pulling, you know, pulling, the top, the top leaves off, which yep. we know is probably not reality, but sure we'll go with that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it looks good, good PR. It is. Um, yeah, I'm seeing the logo and everything. I have not. Yeah, I've never come across this. Okay. It's totally new. Well, and he'd stand there in his hat, and, and at the end, he'd have a lovely cup of tea on saucer and say, "Yeah, 
uh, Dilma try or try uh, Dilma he do try it or do try my tea mm. or something like that. Um, and mm-hmm. it was always very lovely and very had this very nice aesthetic to it. More recent ads in the last probably decade, it's him and his two sons. Um, oh, cool. And I think there's even one of the ads where it's his son doing the speaking role um, or, or or it's a try out tea or do try out tea or something like that of that nature. Mm-hmm. But uh, so, yeah, family business from the sounds of it. That's so single. Yeah. I was just Googling it and I did like this thing. I say, we are like tea bags. We don't know our own strength until we're in hot water. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's great. That'd go great in a shirt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, well, there we go. I have, to, yeah. I have to add that to the list to see if I can find it. Sure, yeah. yeah. All right, your turn. Do you know how it kind of ranks with all the other teas at all? With... Um, well, I can I can do a price ranking comparison. Oh, there you go. Check your – yeah, there you go. <laughs> it sits above Lipton and Tetley. It's uh, it's also on special at the moment, 100 bags for $4.40. So, mm. um, yeah, definitely sort of double the price of the Liptons and the Tetleys uh, in that range. and. And I'd probably put I do the see quality it being there. advertised as a single origin tea too, which sounds good. It is, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um but no lovely, lovely um, tea. Okay, cool. Um what's the one I was trying to think of? Yes, let me make sure I'm getting it right, because if you say it weird, it might mean something else. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes. Horneman's tea. Definitely not heard of it. Yeah, well, uh, and of course, it sounds like horny man, but it's, but it's with an eye. <laughs> so what, what are the ingredients? Um, uh, let me just get my notepad. <laughs> for a horny man or just... Okay. <laughs> well, you start with rhino, crushed rhino horn, <laughs> shark fin, and... Um, yeah, that was another one that I haven't, I haven't had in a very long time, mm. but I remember seeing kind of around definitely in england and stuff it's an english tea um found in 1826 on the isle of white um it's weird because it's not does it say horniman's tea company i'm just trying to see if it's the why it got named that but it doesn't say and again they're very earlier on they're a very big name like in 1891 it said it was the largest tea trading business in the world oh wow but it was one of those ones that um I just it was I was on the shelves with all the other kinds of tea and stuff like that in yeah. England and and Spain and stuff. Um, I haven't had it in a long time, but be curious to try it again and see how it holds up with my more refined taste now that I've become <laughs> older and wiser. Uh... Got any more? Oh yes, there's a couple. Um, have you heard of bushels tea? Maybe B B U S H E L L S. So bush L's. So it's it is. Maybe. Oh, I think I have seen it. It is a very Australian point. yeah tea. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's uh, a guy. Surprise, surprise! By the name name of Alfred Bushel, um, in '83 oh. <laughs> opened his tea shop in Queensland. Um. And it was known I as... I see the tagline, our copper since 1880s. There you go. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's sort of one of these... Um, yeah, it's, it's it's become definitely become a known Australian tea. Um, mm. Yeah, and quite a nice strong cup of tea 
Yeah, and he's sort of mm. yeah. Can... Actually, I can see some of the certain ones kind is extra strong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's interesting in the pictures though. It always shows not that it's you know obviously everyone's different, but it clearly shows a cup of tea with milk in it. Yes, uh, it's it's very much been. Yeah, that's a really good point. I've never seen... <laughs> Which I haven't seen that before, yeah. Yeah. Usually it's tea leaves or black tea at least. Yeah, but no, no, they've, it's it's always been a... It's always been a very dark milky tea. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not a... You, you, you wouldn't add a lot to it, but um, yeah, it's been very... Yeah, always been associated as a good, strong Australian cuppa. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and just a nice cup of tea as well. Um, yeah. Def- definitely up there in the price range, uh, sort of sitting below Twinings, but not by much. Um, at sort of the $10, 100 bag range. <laughs> what was the one that we were um, talking about in another episode with, I think it was um, Sean Bean doing ads for. The, oh, the uh, other strong cup of tea. Labourer's tea. That would be. The labourer's tea. What was that, that would be Yorkshire tea. Yorkshire. There we go. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, I very much link in my mind at least, Yorkshire and Bushels as very similar uh, in the way they, they advertise themselves. Yeah, it's it's the tea you have, right? It's Yeah, you want a good cup of str- mm-hmm. nice strong cup of tea, have a Bushels or yeah. have a Yorkshire tea. That's the tea you have. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, another one I do enjoy, which tends to cost a little more to get, is um, PG Tips. PG Tips? Have you heard of that one? No. No, oh, okay. well, that one's pretty prevalent. I've seen that everywhere. Yeah, even over here. <laughs> so yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, PG tips. PG tips. Um, again, a very like iconic logo that you see everywhere and stuff. Yeah. Okay. And again, it usually is. It's more in the price range of of twinings. Usually. Okay. Oh, okay. So yes, yes. Okay. Huh. Interesting. Your local doesn't have it. No, no, very much no. <laughs> mm. That's very interesting. Okay. Got any more? Yeah, um, there's probably... We'll do, we'll do one more each. <laughs> okay, okay. well, there's there's one that has jumped out at me, and, and again, it seems to have been a recent addition to the shelves, um, mm. but it's it's Queen Victoria is the brand, um, mm. which I, I've not actually done a whole bunch of research on outside to say... Um, yeah, it, it's not a brand that's been around for for decades and and this sort of thing. In fact, I think, oh no, wow, look at that! I've just jumped on their website and you won't have heard of it because apparently it's only at Coles, which is the supermarket that we uh, shop at. So it's an ex- how is that spelled? Just Queen uh, Queen Victoria. So as that? No, no, the the Coles. Oh, okay, sorry, C O L E S. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we have a, we have a, we have a, a clothing store here with the same name, yes. but it's K O H L. Yep. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Just making sure. Okay. Probably from the same so origin. Very local point. then. Maybe you have to add that to the list then as a new arrival and yeah. give it a shot. Yeah. It, the packaging always looks, it looks fantastic. Um, yeah, they're different, different, um, different teaser and different colored boxes, but the front is embossed with the crown. Um, and Queen Victoria, you know, with a little bit of a, a fancy squiggle underneath, uh, but it's this embossed <laughs> gold sort of, yeah, very, very distinct, very nice looking. And I've always sort of gone, oh, oh, I, I think I, I, I want to try that. It looks amazing. It looks really uh, interesting. But yeah, I've avoided it because 
I'm seeing one here. It looks kind of similar, but it says Royal Palace Tea. But again, it's got the crown and all this embossed stuff on it. Oh, okay. Interesting. <laughs> I don't know if it's related or not. Yeah. Um, so the last one I was thinking of is Brook Bond. Brook Bond? No. No, not one that, that I feel was another one I saw ads of as a kid and saw around. And then just Googling it now. I've definitely seen the logo over here more. And again, it's a, I think, on par with Lipton as you want some cheap tea. <laughs> we got some cheap tea for you. <laughs> uh, it sounded you very conspiratorial. Hey, you, you want some tea? Opens his jacket. <laughs> well, if you, I mean, I just, if you Google the logo, it looks very cheesy. So that's why it looks very like I did this. In three minutes, and Microsoft paid <laughs> and slapped it on the box. You know, oh jeez, <laughs> they've been around for a while though, from the looks of it. Um, Eighteen. Mm-hmm. Well, again, the name I think it's a long time now, and that's what there's a whole you know conversation we can have about branding with tea and stuff too. You know, and how it's changed over time with tea, and how a lot of things are just about. It's not even what what the tea is like inside; it's all about mm. what it looks like on the box and stuff. You know. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's an interesting. Um, interesting history with him there. He started up in, in 1845. Uh, sorry, was born in mm-hmm. 1845. In 69, opened a tea shop in Manchester, um, but then expanded to wholesale tea in 1870s, nice. um, which, yeah, interestingly started out as a small, um, yeah, small sort of uh, mm-hmm. group, small shop for himself, but, um, yeah, yeah. And I think, again, I've come across a lot of these names okay. in the, yep. the history tea book I'm reading. Um, and again, a lot of these started like that. And then, and now you, you know, you see them and you go to a shop in mm. England, they're on all the shelves. Oh, do you want to, do you want some, some yeah. negative history of this one? Oh. Well, in, in 1968, oh, okay. the company merged with Liebig, um, became, becoming Brookbond Liebig, which was then acquired by Unilever in 18, in 1984. Uh, so Unilever is owns Brookbond, so that explains the crappy logo. And then anything else you're able to find? Only yeah, Unilever is part of those. Uh, have you seen that that graphic? Um, oh, the the big chain it's... thing, whatever. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the, everything's connected, and then the big Every, yeah. thing at the top is yeah. Unilever doing everything. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And that that's sort of an unfortunate reality of the corporate world we live in. Let's move on to our final segment. Tea puns. Do you want to go first or shall I? Well, I have one that is a little themed for the start, that was themed for the start of our discussion today. So, so you actually worked on it because I just Googled someone picked ones I liked. <laughs> it's more of a joke than a pun. So I, I was going to say it then, but I thought, no, we've got a section at the end that I, I know yeah. is coming. I, I'll hold off. But uh, it's related to the Boston Tea Party. So, um, so did you come up with this, or you found it and found it at work? I, I came up with it. So, if it's that, it's all on me. Original pun. You almost need a little jingle or something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> the sound of tea pouring. An original, oh, I like it. An, orig- an original blend. <laughs> <laughs> now I just need to go to the toilet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so a fish was accused of drunk swimming after the Boston Tea Party. The judge. Ruled him guilty. Oh. I thought we got to go with like illiterate or something. <laughs> it wasn't a good joke. <laughs> right. 
I probably put way too much. So he was drunk. So I want, I want to know the story about this fish. Was he drunk <laughs> as a fish? <laughs> well, he just had too much caffeine in his system because he, mm. uh, you know, sorry you about that. Should have, should have leafed it alone. Is that what you're saying, huh? <laughs> anyway, uh, my little bit of googly, the ones I found that I liked, um, was a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single steep. Ooh. Which I thought was just a good thing to have on a T-shirt, actually, or something, yeah. you know, or on a mug yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I like that. I like that. that. Smells like tea spirit, though. So if you try I to did... advertise that, you'll get sued. <laughs> <laughs> I did see that one, and no, oh, I guess cool. you could do. Well, I guess that was the album cover. Was the you know the baby in the water? Maybe he's drinking tea or something. <laughs> I uh, I might have to be creative with that one. I think I might have to <laughs> have to put that one up on Twitter. Some Photoshop stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. Either yeah. either he's drinking tea or there's tea. Actually, it's it's the logo for this episode is what it is. It's the cover photo because it can be the Boston Tea Party with tea in the water. Exactly, exactly. Or, or it comes full full circle. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, uh, this for your yeah. for all the gamers out there. Call of Duty. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Drink your tea before you blow someone away or snipe them from afar. <laughs> So, um, so since then... it's uh, since it's the beginning of the day, mostly where you are, would you say you're having a beautiful morning? Ooh, well, it's just it's just past midday now, so it's a yeah. Beautiful I know, I know. I, I've heard of that earlier, but it wouldn't, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then this one, there were a lot of these. Actually, this particular site had a lot of like using this particular pun word and then using it in a million different ways that you could do it. And it got it all. But the one I liked. Actually, I changed this a little bit, so it is. And again, this could be definitely on a t-shirt. Do chai this at home. Oh, I like that. It was don't chai this at home, but you should chai this at home because chai exactly. is wonderful. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I did say uh, I did see another chai one that was um, it was like a, a I'll give it away, but a shy looking teacup, and it was. Mm. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm sorry. I'm a little chai. <laughs> yep, I like that. <laughs> Can't get enough chai. <laughs> All right. Well, I think um, that brings our episode to a close. However long we've been yeah. talking, of course, it yeah. wasn't a short one. But we don't have short episodes on while there's tea, there's hope. We just have fun and talk for as long as we feel we need to. Exactly. Any uh, final words, Taryn? No, no. Other than um, I will be doing some Photoshop for the uh, for the mm. cover, mm-hmm. and um, see what we can come up with. So, <laughs> so after you now that you've listened to this episode, you've reached the end. As you're done, go take a look at what the cover art is. Yeah, exactly. or check out um, <laughs> the Twitter account or the website, which are plug them real quick, Taryn. Twitter account is the Tcast or at the Tcast. We will. Uh, respond answer have some fun tea jokes with you at no one's expense and a pun or two too a pun or tea no three <laughs> yeah no that didn't work <laughs> uh or you can head tea. over to ooh, <laughs> or you can head over to the website which is t-cast.com okay well thank you very much for listening hope you enjoyed it let us know what you thought at any of these outlets social media outlets and otherwise, we will see you next time, either on a tea break or the next episode of While There Is Tea, There Is Hope. Happy drinking. See you later. Ah.